0: welcome everyone to the defenders podcast by fantastic geek your official unofficial voice of the marvel cinematic community my name is matt and joining me as always is pete hello pete
1: hello matt hello everybody here today to put a big old bow and wrap up the defenders matt hard to believe as you just observed off air uh a month ago today we had the entire series hit and and now here we are. It's not yet fall and and you know, it's not like we're waiting for things to do. We got we got quite a bit coming up, but it's like, you know, my defenders are gone.
0: Yeah, after all that, uh you yeah, after all the lead-in, after all the the hype, after all the hope, Pete, here we are a month later. We've podcasted all eight episodes, and we're getting together one more time to discuss. Defenders Season 1 as we uh, tear, start to put in the rearview mirror.
1: It's hard to believe
0: that it took 65 episodes
1: of television uh, to come to this point, but but here we are. We had uh, eight episodes. We had the, the big team up of the four Defenders. Um, I guess the question I want to ask right off the bat is, Was eight enough was eight episodes enough to explore these characters where they've been since we last seen them? I mean, we we hadn't seen Jessica Jones in almost two calendar years. Uh, You know, let's let's call it, uh, you know, a year and three quarters. Um, Was it enough to explore the relationships? Was it a, a grandiose enough story in this you know mini series shortened series
0: well for me the episode count was just right and i'll tell you why and i've enjoyed all the feeder series we've had a ton of fun podcasting them um to me daredevil season one jessica jones season one both were not enough story for 13 episodes that's not to say that they are major failings i do think that the pacing for daredevil season one has since informed how they will pace the other shows Um, and certainly you know i've enjoyed jessica jones season one that's my favorite season out of the marvel netflix stuff uh that said i just i feel like the stories were spread a bit thin i think a daredevil season two there's so many elements in there it's not exactly the pods that we use in uh, agents of shield but there's a there's a punisher portion and then there's you know as things get more complex on and so forth um with luke cage this very delineated handling of how to separate the 13 episodes a first half and a second half you know very clearly cut in half um you know some pacing issues with iron fist we we don't need to re 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 litigate that uh, to me, these eight episodes were enough. I wonder if maybe they, you know, it always was going to be a mini a series, but I wonder if they had maybe said eight versus nine or eight versus ten just to really get the most eight potent parts out of whatever story they were looking to tell.
1: There was no fat to trim, that's for sure. I mean, you know, we took issue with uh some stuff particularly as it revolved around the action in that uh nypd precinct in harlem that is apparently the least secure location in the city of new york (laughs) if you have explosives or blueprints of buildings for which explosives were obtained that being said um i would have liked to have seen 10 episodes i i would have liked uh, to, to get a little bit more, I'm, I'm greedy in that way. Um, and you know, y- you, get Sigourney Weaver, but those six episodes in which she appears go so quickly. And then, you know, Holy smokes. I remember you texting me when you finally watched that episode <laughs> after she gets run through and, um, yeah, it just um, it, it it went so quickly.
0: It definitely did, and I think that that was part of the uh, part of the recipe that they were looking for. You had asked earlier, was this story grand enough? I would say mostly yes. I think it's really really important to remember uh, a, a particular point, which I know I had made in the previous podcast, which is the focus on what you get out of Marvel on TV versus Marvel in the movies is you get to slow down and spend more time doing genuine character stuff. And I think that we got that out of these eight episodes along with action and suspense and things of that sort. Um, Would I have liked to maybe see a slightly bigger story than, Hey, you know, that hole that we saw in daredevil season two, They're at the bottom of the hole and they're getting bones for dragons to make Everlife goo. (laughs) Um, I believe that was
1: the exact pitch uh, (laughs) to Netflix two years ago. And somebody was like, get a Sigourney Weaver and you've got a deal. Um, When you, when you spin it like that. Yeah. Um, And I think again, expectations have been tempered to the point while these, Pairings and team ups are iconic. This can't be by the very nature of what it is, the Avengers. It's it's low budget Avengers. It's TV Avengers. Um, it it felt a little claustrophobic in the you know the cave setting and everything at the end. Uh, in fact, as I'm I'm looking at the episode listing the. The image with the four of them in the cave with the shimmering green in the background does not look good as a thumbnail, um, but played better on on the TV, I have to say. So um, there might be a little bit of of that misleading uh, edge to it. Um, If I was going to give it a grade, Matt, I would give it a a B plus and say, you know, the the size and the scope could have been a little bit better. Otherwise, I I think the performances were were on, I think, um, as difficult as it was to service so many characters, they made it worthwhile and uh, I enjoyed it
0: somewhat paradoxically i also give the scope of the story credit i think that first of all the fact that it is at the end of the day we're going to dig to get a treasure and we're going to take the treasure out that essentially is what the hand is doing the fact that we are not aware of the particulars until fairly deep into the eight episode run perhaps even episode seven where it's kind of made clear to us what it is in episode eight where they're actually getting the dragon treasure if you will to me that kind of plays towards it because we are as blind uh as to the plan as are our heroes and i think that is an enjoyable thing it's not kind of oh man oceans 11 are going to steal from the casino how will they do it it's mm-hmm. what exactly is the you know what's the caper going to be um i, think too, I at the end of the day, it is character first, it is story first, it's not about action. I like that the conceit of getting these dragon bones, it lets you get Kunlun in there, it lets you get the hand in there, it lets you um, be a mechanism by which the different fingers of the hand, which you know have, have been sprinkled out with the, the, the Bakudo and Gao previous to this, uh, it, it lets that kind of coalesce as well, so... It did the story that it needed to do, which was give a foundation upon which our heroes could come together and fight something. It's just, I mean, as is the case with many a Marvel movie, when you get finally to the final showdown, you know, it's not always the most original thing ever, but it served the characters. So I give it a ton of credit there as well.
1: What would you say your favorite episode and or arc of the series was?
0: favorite episode for me was Royal Dragon. Love the look of it, uh, directed by Phil Abraham who has, uh, who has popped up a lot in uh, Marvel Netflix. I think too, the fact that we get, you know we get all the defenders together, fighting the hand. It's a great, great midpoint. Um, even though it's a slightly um, smaller in scale episode uh, in that they spend 20, 25 minutes in the Royal Dragon restaurant. I mean to me that's just a bonus. You get the four defenders plus stick plus Madame Gao plus Sawande plus Bakudo plus Sigourney Weaver. I mean, it it doesn't get much better than that. It's 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 propelled by the story that came before it and it's propelled with a place for the story to go after it. Ton of fun.
1: Completely agreed. Um the the finale, the defenders comes close. But they never equal that and it, it can't by its very nature equal that, you know, first big team up. And, and then the way that that Royal Dragon episode ends when uh, Jessica runs over the, the guy with the car and, and comes crashing in. Anybody miss me? You know, we're, we're going to be thinking about that moment for a long, long time.
0: Pete, what would you say was, or rather, who was your favorite defender and favorite supporting cast member for this miniseries?
1: I go back and forth on this, but I I think I have to go with my gut. Um, Seeing Jessica Jones back after such a, a long spell and just seeing the way she pushed these guys around as the only woman um i come back to the moment where she she grabs the elevator in the finale uh the the quips everything there but she still got that heart of gold um this series made me more of a jessica jones fan
0: all right pete i'm now going to tell you my favorite defender from this (laughs) and i want (laughs) especially our longtime listeners. if you are if you're standing up, sit down. if you are driving, pull over. Pete, my favorite defender from the Defenders miniseries. Danny Rand, aka Iron Fist.
1: Change is possible, man. look at that. Every, everybody can uh, can change. Um, you know, we we watched Iron Fist with the the knowledge they were headed into this show. And they never could have sold that like, well, just watch the show, watch the show. It's going to mean a lot more once you see the other show at the end of August when we don't even have the date for that in March. Um, So what what a difficult position to be in. That said, given that we have sampled um, everything out there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Scott Buck uh, has (laughs) has touched, we have definitively figured out the problem.
0: Yes, and I think it was not compounded, or, or rather, the, the problems were compounded by just some of those necessary story things that we have discussed plenty in Iron Fist before. I, I wonder too if Iron Fist came out, you know, before the election. If Iron Fist came out six months after uh, its March date, where maybe the election wasn't quite as uh, omnipresent, would some of the you know, would some of the rich guy shenanigans have? uh, been as subliminally, uh, uh, present that I don't know, but what I, I will think say
1: much of it was, you know, happenstance and coincidence, maybe, a uh, Hey, you know, we just went through this election and thank God that it worked out the way it did hope of it. And instead we are where we are, but, you know, and, and, you know, not meaning to get political just in terms of looking at the reality that the president of the united states is a billionaire this young man is a billionaire the the fighting they went in uh the infighting that went on with uh with rand and everything else um i would expect that's going to be even more oppression going forward
0: certainly the the notion that he now has to grow up and be the most responsible one and at the end really really you know there he is looking over his city looking over our city uh to protect it uh i i that's an arc that i loved i think that my choice of iron fist is also helped by the fact that this miniseries was not the place for the Luke Cage character to delve into some of the reflections on race. This miniseries is not the place for Jessica Jones as a character to be delving into some of the issues of gender. Both of those characters were propelled by exploring metaphor and exploring our world in their world. Um, so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take away the 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 victory that I'm giving to Danny Rand. It's just some of the strengths of those two other characters are not quite there. to me, I mean it's funny i I think back to even as far back as the late 80s, uh, my uncle offered to to start buying comics for my brother and for myself. I chose Superman. my brother chose Daredevil. so I remember even back then going, this guy is just like a sad guy that like <laughs> I mean which was which was the character, which is the character. I think there was there was even a run around then where it's like, he was just a la the incredible Hulk, Hulk show. Uh, Matt Murdock was like going town to town, and like the last panel was him walking out of town, tap tap with the cane. They capture that. They have captured that in the Daredevil seasons. They capture that here. To me, I've never been super crazy about Daredevil. The the you know with with Catholic guilt and worldly guilt and uh, and and disability and all of that weighing on him not trying to take away from it, not trying to make light of it. To me, that's just, I figured I'd throw in there why why Daredevil wasn't at the top of the list. It, to me, it's just a little, I don't know, it's a little dire, but it is also the character, and it is also reflecting some, some real struggles as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, my choice for favorite defender also informs my favorite supporting cast member. And again, maybe it's just the... Um, the, the fact that we haven't seen these people in so long, but getting to see uh, Trish Walker um, and, you know, giving her, I think the most to do of any of those uh, supporting members throughout. I mean, I'm looking back over the list. I, Misty is, is there much more, but in terms of how she interacts with Jess, how she interacts as the conduit with her talk show and everything like that. And and she's given some nice moments along the way, getting, uh, Rachel Taylor back as, as Trish Walker was, uh, you know, big for me.
0: Trish is definitely high on my list for, uh, for top supporting character to me though. I, I think just barely, I need to give it to Malcolm and, uh, Ika Darville certainly does not have tons and tons of scenes. Rarely is he carrying the scene. But we do see in him somebody who has a character uh, in in Malcolm, somebody who knows what it's like to have the monkey on your back and to work through, in his case in Jessica Jones season one, to work through heroin addiction on your own and need to realize things at at a certain pace i love the patience that he shows jessica i love the the friendly love that he shows her again not suggesting any uh any shenanigans there but he is ready for her to uh to to be healed or to start her own healing process and he's ready to be there to be the friend and we see at the end there how he's replaced the door how he's covering up the bullet holes how he's ready to help her through her own healing process much as she helped him through a similar healing process and to me it's just a lovely lovely sentiment
1: Definitely looking forward to both characters returning in season two, as it seems to be after the Punisher, the one we're going to get next Um, and seeing where they can take those characters in addition to continuing their storylines from before. You know, you think what we didn't get out of Trish here. We didn't con- see see her continuing to uh, to work out and and maybe move towards the uh, the Hellcat um, identity. We we didn't see uh, Malcolm, uh, you know, p- push so far past those demons. You know, he's 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 making it every day, and he's certainly supporting uh, his friend. But he's not struck out on his on his own um, in full force yet. So there's plenty of room for growth for them, Matt. Uh, what maybe, where do you wish they had gone in this season that they didn't?
0: I wish that the central threat to New York city was better explained, uh, to have, to have the city shaking the city, literally quaking, uh, in what we know is a is an attack and not a uh not an accident or not a quirk of nature um to have that iconography of you know just the attack in new york city um and then in my mind not even to have you know they did not completely explain why the quake happened fine it was it was centered at midland circle i guess because they were digging a lot of stuff, I guess. Um, You had access to all the mystical stuff of Kunlun and the hand and whatnot. It could have been, it could have been uh, washed away very quickly with, you know, and now we send the uh, undying spirit away or something like that. Just because we had this threat to New York city that I feel like was never addressed again after the entire city Uh, albeit, you know, centered in Manhattan as many things are, but, but, but the entire city had, had quaked and we never kind of had more of that.
1: Yeah. The threat was not direct to the city. It was collateral. And I, I think we were sold a bill of goods. Like they are coming for New York. They're going to make this city fall when, okay, they are coming for the thing under New York. And it's just going to happen to collapse. Because you look at the character of Alexandra, she's a she's an arts lover and a patron. She doesn't want to see this happen, but she's lived so long, she's a realist to know these things need to happen. Need to happen if she's going to stay alive now that every organ is failing. And like she tells Electra, it's just a city. You'll get used to seeing them fall. Someone else will... Take it up and and rebuild it, or you know, someplace else will supplant it. Maybe it's L.A. Who knows? Madam Gao echoes something similar as well. Um, I just wish there was some explanation as to why are there dragon bones beneath New York City? Um, have these teleported from elsewhere? I pointed out in the in the finale podcast that we did that there's reference made to desecrating Xiao Lao. Is that a a literal like these are his bones, uh, which Danny punched him in the heart and they wound up here in New York City because we know the the city of Kunlun has moved. I'm just really having a hard time, other than my own headspace, connecting A to B to C with what happened at the end of the show to put the dragon bones there if that even happened
0: indeed there's this grand comic tradition of the story never really ends the arc never really ends because then of course you could stop buying at the end of the arc and you need to buy next month buy next month buy the crossover and so forth um i wish we got a little bit more resolution in this Self-standing uh, mini-series with Gao with Murakami. I mean, all you needed, for example, was uh, you know if there was a montage of the cleanup at Midland Circle. You know, they're still digging, and if it was just if it was a montage and you see NYPD officer and and fire department person and then EMT. Wait a minute, that EMT is Madam Gao. All right, you don't need to explain how she got up thirty. Thirty stories uh, and so on and so forth, but it was just like, ooh, she's still out there. Much as we did at the end of Iron Fist, that, I mean, that would have been appreciated to me. The fact that we don't really know about Murakami and Gal and electra and fine, we we, we learn the fate of Daredevil, which, as I discussed last time, I would have been okay not knowing because not for nothing, he's one of the four named defenders. He's probably going to be back, and they're not going to kill him off, and they can handle that in that season. Um, so I kind of would have liked if there was a little bit more of an exclamation point ending to this
1: I found myself rooting for and then rooting against them bringing back uh, Matt Murdoch at the end and you had pointed out that uh, you felt that was, was kind of a tag kind of a secret scene situation and even the way it's edited you know there are no credits in between that I think that's a factor of what they put at the end in terms of the, the Punisher, which we'll, we'll talk about a little in a little bit and then a lot, a little later this week. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I I wanted to see him come back. And then I I think like you, I kind of wish there was that prevailing mystery. So then it could be like, Oh, and you know, at New York comic con daredevil lives, you're going to see him in season two. And, and you don't know how he made it out, but somehow his story continues. That being said, I'm, I'm really wild about where they're taking his story. I just don't know. I have a feeling, Matt, we're going to be watching Game of Thrones before we see Matt Murdock again.
0: That is to say 2019. And all the more reason to have held that scene. I think that part of the – I mean, look, people have been doing secret scenes at the end for forever. Marvel made it chic and Marvel made it gasp worthy because you go, Oh my goodness, there's more out there than just Iron Man one. And in a couple of weeks, uh, incredible Hulk, and maybe they're going to make more. I heard, I don't know. Uh, it's a whole universe. That's what made that, that Nick Fury scene at the end of Iron Man so remarkable, but people have been doing it forever. I mean, the, 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 uh, masters of the universe film, I believe celebrating, 30 years this past summer, this past August okay, yep, yep. Um, has one where Skeletor pops up and says, I'll be back. And uh, he wasn't, uh, but <laughs> my, my point yes. is, yes, yes, that's true.
1: Frank Langella is, is coming back
0: <laughs> as, as Nixon Skeletor. Anyhow, <laughs> part of the beauty of the mid credit sequence is it's not, I think that as an audience member, it's not quite as hidden away, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, as it is at the end, even if you know something's going to be at the end, is that it's kind of like you're still coming down from the momentum in the movie, and it's the story pushing through because there's more for next time. I think a great example of that is uh, is the first Transformers movie, where the movie is over, and there's, there's a great wrap-up there with Optimus Prime, and everything's great, and then the credits start, and then you see, I think it's Starscream as the, the character, Escaping Earth and heading out there, and you kind of go, Oh wow, this story is over, but a story continues, and they've
1: mismanaged everything since.
0: <laughs> this is true, but <laughs> that's to me. I mean, and there have been some great Marvel mid credit uh, scenes, certainly. I think now that we expect it, it's a little less shocking. Um, but I feel like that you know we could have done half the credits, then put this in there, and then there's more credits, and then you look at the clock and go, "All right, well now they're starting to get to, you know, the last little bit and thanking the film office." And there's still two and a half minutes left. Oh snap! There's a there's a Punisher preview to now deal with. Um, I don't know. I think that would have that would have just added to the fun and also preserved that potency of Matt Murdock is dead. Matt Mur- Matt Murdock is dead. The characters all believe it. Within the story, I believe it, even though I don't believe it.
1: I mean, to consider that how many shows will have aired, we got Daredevil season two in April of 2016, to not bring that show back on its own until sometime in 2019. Let's let's say it's early, Matt. There's no way they're getting e- each of them a series. In 2018, it is not going to happen. Um, it only works for me if, ordinarily, we're going to say that Iron Fist is is third up because we know that Jones is, is has filmed, Luke Cage is filming, and Iron Fist was renewed. Um, that you somehow bring Matt Murdock into um, guest uh, during iron fist and you, you, Hey, this is my, uh, suit and mask guy. Now you get the yellow mask. Okay. I'm going to go back to the convent with my mother. Oh yeah. I found my mother. I'm alive. Maybe you play around with, you know, uh, Danny as the least, you know, trustworthy from a from a reality standpoint of the, the four defenders and, you know, Oh, you, you think you saw Matt, the daredevil. Come on, man, you know, he's dead. Um, that's the only way I think it works. If we've got to wait that long for his standalone show to come back, I, I just worry about the, the pressure and the longevity.
0: Well, let's, let's stay on this topic of what comes next, because if we're going to have Misty Knight as a, as a, uh, Robocop what's that a Robocop as a Robocop in Iron Fist I mean it was it was interesting enough when we had you know Claire Temple is going to be in 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 more than one and kind of be the Colson we've seen with the character of Luke Cage going from one to the next now Misty Knight is starting to cross over in my mind, we don't need to get to do we defenders. know that's
1: the case. Do we know she's going to appear in Iron Fist? We know that she's in Luke Cage season two. That's we, where she's been seen with the arm.
0: We, we, we absolutely do know that she is going to be in uh, in season two of Iron Fist. Um, so I mean, to me, that to me that means all bets are off. And to me that means, you know, do we do, because uh, what's next Jessica Jones then Luke Cage is that yes okay yes. I mean do we get maybe at the end of Jessica Jones uh, some kind of really quiet you know like oh man somebody's somebody called again from uh, from uh, upstate New York but the, the line always goes dead or whatever oh that's a weird mystery all right Luke Cage Matt Murdoch shows up for the last two episodes of that, boom, that then feeds into an arc on the first half of Iron Fist, something like that, where we start to do kind of, you know, diet defenders here. Defenders light, where you get two of them, you get three of them, you get this, you get that. To me, that's a really interesting place for it to go. Now that they know each other and this and that, the other, you don't need to kind of tease the, what? Don't say anything, Miss Jones, I'm your new attorney, my name is Matthew Murdoch you know, you can kind of start to to, to to dip in and out.
1: The pressure to unite them all together now uh, for the first time obviously is gone. And that was why it was such a big deal. Okay, who who will Iron Fist be? How are they going to approach it? The, the whole gestalt of what went on there. And now here we are having concluded what was like Avengers, just a big idea many years ago. Um, so, I guess it's natural for that denouement, for for that, you know, little bit of of letdown. Um, I, for one, am interested to see how this New York story moves forward as the Punisher comes into view uh, in November or December.
0: Well, Pete, let's talk about the Punisher. Nay, Let's talk about something about the Punisher that you and I have not discussed off mic. Uh, Rumors that the one, the only, the man himself, Turk Mamma Jamma Barrett, may be in the Punisher.
1: It's not a rumor, Matt. I can confirm it.
0: Well, that's awesome beyond awesome. And uh, you know that we love ourselves, Rob Morgan, and uh, that just adds to the fun
1: if it weren't so fun to see him pop up on the shows, I'd say it's time for Turk Barrett to get his own TV show. Uh, you know, not as, not as a hero, you know, private citizen Turk Barrett, uh, you know, I wouldn't say he's bumbling so much as he just bumps into each of these heroes. But, uh, more Rob Morgan is never ever a bad thing. Looking forward to seeing him uh, next month in season two of Stranger Things. Uh, arguably, the guy is a Netflix Hall of Famer already.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, so happy to hear that he's going to be in Defender. Uh, pardon me, in Punisher, in some uh, some capacity, and seeing that seeing that Punisher preview certainly was interesting i think they have a they have an interesting challenge ahead of them with that show uh because there's not a lot of room to be anything other than super dark there's not the jessica jones snark to kind of give you a little break from you know abuse and recovery and and things of that sort uh there's not kind of the 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 cool of pop's barbershop you know you have a rough military history you have a rough family history and you have a man as is the case with the character in the comics, a man who has nothing to lose. I just hope there's a little, there's a little light in there with the darkness.
1: I hope there is too. I I do think that that will come through the, the family stuff and, you know, with Karen as, as really kind of an angel, um, you know, watching out for him in his life as, you know, he, he went through the trial and helping to try to tell his story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it it does look to be quite dark and angsty in a way that I think we want and expect the, the Netflix stuff to be. But I, I think it could set, you know, really new standards for that when it comes to this universe in general.
0: Now. Pete, we still don't have a date beyond 2017 for the Punisher. Um, can you think of some kind of media event that uh, that the Punisher <laughs> crew might be at where they could announce this? And I mean, because clearly they're holding off for something. Usually and they show give
1: you... a uh, you know two minute trailer and uh, with the whole thing, I can, Matt. And furthermore, I can tell you that we will be there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, The Punisher is going to be at New York Comic Con. The Punisher has a show. I dare say The Punisher himself as well. Um, Pete, in that glorious, what will be that glorious afternoon and evening at the theater at Madison Square Garden. I mean, talk about our wheelhouse. For anybody who doesn't know, that evening on that Saturday, Saturday, October 7th, Mm -hmm. uh, back to back to back to back will be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then Star Trek Discovery, then the Punisher then even though I've been down on the show lately The Walking Dead I, I mean it'll be electric and to know that I mean you're
1: Mount Rushmore right now man I mean it <laughs> it's it's big and um you know the only thing I guess you wish from the the Marvel standpoint uh notwithstanding that we podcast Star Trek Discovery so you know it's it's three consecutive for us. You wish the two of them were back to back. Um, but Hey, that, that's what it is. Uh, we will be there for all of those. And, um, the, the time of, of the panel tells you they're not screening an episode. Um, but I'm sure we're going to get the date if we don't get it sooner.
0: I would imagine they're probably going to do clips the way they did for mm-hmm. uh, for Iron for Fist. Iron Fist. Yes. I feel as awesome as it was seeing that first episode of Jessica Jones at New York Comic-Con two years ago, um, I mean, I don't know. Like To not be able to then watch the next episode and to know that it now is five, six weeks away, whatever it might be, I'd rather get the clips because that was part of the fun when we were watching Iron Fist was – he, we just got through the first episode. We still haven't seen the scene where they're they're having lunch and stuff gets thrown. We haven't yep. seen it. when does it, how how deep do we know?
1: When's the hallway? Yeah, you know, you listen back to to us, you know, recapping, watching that, and like, all right, did we get, you know uh, a third of of the uh, pilot? what What did we see in terms of context? and and you you wonder what they could do? With that, um, his story's going to be an unusual one to tell because we already know things about it. You know, you watch that one, uh, trailer and, you know, you see the, the shot from behind and the Statue of Liberty on the, on the ferry there. And you, you wonder how deep they will dive, uh, directly into his past, um, you know, how much of this show will even occur in the past compared to moving forward?
0: Well, it'll certainly be exciting. And I know uh, I know we're going to dig even deeper into The Punisher uh, later in the week on the, uh, the Pop Culture Podcast and The Punisher Podcast feed. Um, I would have liked it if we could have gotten just a tiny bit of Frank Castle in The Defenders. Which is uh,
1: disappointing because, one... Uh, the word was he was in it. And two, you had people watching the pilot in San Diego and we could not attend San Diego Comic-Con, uh, to see that, but you had people watching it and say he is in the pilot, um, confusing the gentleman at the beginning of the show for Frank Castle. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't him.
0: Um, I still think, I mean, even if it was just the tiniest little Easter egg, you know, if it was, I don't know, Frank Castle undercover and the defenders go on by, oh, sorry, sir. Oh, man, it's yeah, something like that would have been fun. The flip side is you never want to get too cutesy and too dipping into the future without dealing what you have here. Off mic, we were discussing that. In a Star Trek context, you know, oh man, do they? How many Kirk references and Spock references do they do in in Discovery? Well, if they do too many, then it just becomes a celebration of mm-hmm. the original series and not its own thing. So sometimes you are better off holding back, particularly since I mean, The Punisher is a tonal, uh, you know, is tonally different. Um, I even wouldn't be surprised if it's TVMA. I don't know off the top of my head how. I mean, there's not like the ratings box that comes up on broadcast TV, but, you know, I kind of expect it to be less appropriate for, for children of a certain age than, uh, than the defenders.
1: Yeah. I, I think there is that wiggle room to play with. We, we know what he is like as a character. I think they're certainly going to swing for the fences.
0: Well, Pete, swing for the fences is what uh, what the plan was with the Defenders miniseries all those years ago, and uh, we've quibbled a little here, a little there, but certainly a big, big success for the Defenders. Uh, tons of momentum coming off of the miniseries as we look ahead to the, uh, the separate stories for the four characters, and I guess the only question now is, when is Defenders 2?
1: Again, I'd have to point to 2019 just to touch back on what you said there. The argument has been made and I can't argue against it, that this was the most audacious project in TV history that four shows would build towards and five seasons of four different shows would build towards eight episodes of them teaming up and as we prepare to go back into the Star Trek wormhole this coming uh, Sunday, uh, the, the 24th of September, I, I'm i increasingly convinced that's the case.
0: Well, I know one thing, Pete. We have been kept aloft this entire Defenders miniseries by all our pals at patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Thank you, patrons. You know we've been cranking out so much in the last uh, in the last thirty days, not just uh, defenders, obviously in humans, other things to boot discovery uh, on top of that. And uh, as those megabytes add up and add up and add up, it's all made possible uh, from listeners like you.
1: They may really never know, Matt, how integral to what we do they are. but thank you, thank you, thank you. there's there's not enough we can do for you to pay you back for your listening to this thing we do for your support so thank you again and uh yeah just so grateful
0: listeners let us know your thoughts in retrospect on the defenders your thoughts of anticipation towards the punisher indeed your thoughts of anticipation then in retrospect. Uh, of the first episode of discovery does it get you to the next episode does it get you to that pay level uh if you're in the u.s or does it get you to you know uh looking into a vpn so you can get it netflix in another country even though you're in the u.s we don't recommend that um but let us know keep the conversation pete let's start with you how, how can people be in touch with you
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, pieterj K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,467 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, and indeed Pete trying to share a little more behind-the-scenes type stuff on that channel, it's not all personal observations about the uh, goings-on in the news and whatnot. Uh, but I am personally on Twitter, it's looking back lost. You can be in touch with us in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. Leave a comment on fantasticgeek.com. Send an email to fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Tweet at fantasticgeek on Twitter, same name. Also, check out our Instagram, Fantastic Geek, as well. Now is a great time to uh, be following us on Instagram, by the way, as we get closer and mm-hmm. closer to New York Comic Con. Looking to, to push a ton of pictures out that way. But wait, Pete, I heard there's one other social network that some of the kids these use, even the Russians. What is it?
1: <laughs> An even better place to be following us right now uh, with the, the biggest live thing we do throughout the year, New York Comic Con, uh, would be Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. Looking to bring you uh, just so much over those days. We've been over our schedule already. Um yeah, sleep and uh, bathroom use and and food maybe in short supply. But you know what? Again, it's a it's another thing we lay out for for you. Um, there's there's people who can't attend, and and we really uh, feel responsible to uh, to bring this to you. Uh, so we're going to do everything we can, and and Facebook uh, with Facebook Live would be an excellent place for you to score those looks
0: indeed pete well this now puts the defenders podcast by fantastic geek geek uh, puts this feed on pause until we hear more about season two uh we will of course continue on the pop culture podcast feed with weekly good stuff heck to be completely honest let's see between now i mean let's see yeah next week we're going to do two discovery episodes uh, before that we're quickly into Comic-Con time maybe one the week after that then a whole bunch uh, of time. you're
1: you're leaving out Inhumans.
0: <laughs> oh, it, I see, I need to look at the calendar. We're doing oh, Holy Cow Pete next week. We are doing Discovery on the 24th, the 25th and Inhumans on the 29th. Discovery on the 1st. So there there's one week in Snapshot right there.
1: And, and Inhumans is a is a double dip. So uh, it's it's a lot of content coming down the pipe. Again, uh, we we do this for you. You are kind enough to listen. Uh, some of you are in a position uh, to support us, and uh, we're we're going to give back as much as we can.
0: Thank you again, one and all, for listening to our Defenders podcast. With that, Pita will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final Defenders miniseries word.
1: I'm glad we found each other.